0: Welcome to season two of the Practicing Presence Podcast, where spiritual formation is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on, practitioners?
1: What's up? How's everybody
0: doing? We are starting a new series. We are coming off of Inspired by Rachel Held Evans. Um, Loved that book. But now it's time to move into a different conversation and one that seems very applicable to the current state of our world. And that is lament. Um, What does that look like? Well, first of all, what is it? What does it look like? And how is that an effective practice for
1: us as Christians? Lament is the practice of a person or group of persons voicing their displeasure with God because of their current situation. It is a prayer practice that screams uh, connection via the experiences of suffering that an individual has had. Mm -hmm. Is this appropriate? Absolutely, is there biblical precedent for this? Absolutely. Can you tell me Book where? of Lamentations?
0: Yeah, there's an entire <laughs>
1: book called Lamentations. It is laments. Do you know who is lamenting?
0: Um, the people of, the people Israel, of Israel. Yeah, the yeah. people of
1: Israel. The nation of Israel is lamenting. I mean, I do think it's written by one author, but um. There's pretty decent evidence that it's Jeremiah, but anyways, um, it is someone speaking on behalf of the entire nation of Israel, lamenting their displeasure with God Mm -hmm. because they are in captivity in Babylon. Yeah. They are in the exile period. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe
0: we don't know how to understand that exactly. Um, or we as Americans, but we got experiences with God that we're not, that we're really unsure of and feel unfair.
1: Uh, Clayton, I think, I think more people, I think everyone's familiar with the need to lament. Yeah. Um, Currently in America, 50% of first-time divorces end in marriage. 70% of second-time marriages end in divorce. 80% of third marriages end in divorce, and the number gets catastrophically worse the more times you get married um, 25% of people in America will be dealing with some kind of mental illness mm-hmm. death loss of family members loss of jobs sickness uh, financial strains fluke accidents tragedy all crime murder I mean,
0: all these things
1: I think everybody's familiar with the need to lament. Um, And it just so happens for me, I didn't grow up in a tradition where it was appropriately communicated to me that I'm allowed to be upset with God. Um, The tradition I grew up in, I don't know if it was ever explicitly stated, but you really were not supposed to question God. You weren't really supposed to be upset with God. God was supreme. God was awesome. And I remember hearing all the time, you are not supposed to put the Lord to the test.
0: Oh, I forgot. I guess I blocked that from my memory Oh,
1: That, yeah. that tells me that it's not okay to challenge God. Yeah. It's not okay to lament. Um, Even though well, we're supposed to take all things to God in prayer, we would say that, but our current, like, the way in which we carried ourselves and right. conducted our religious business right. told me that it's not okay to lament. Well, it's not okay to challenge God.
0: Because it shows a lack of faith.
1: Something like that. Right, like,
0: that, like that's what it... That's the narrative that we were given. If you question God, if you were mad at God, you no longer have faith in God. Yeah. Um, which, and to some... In some way, that is true, um, but doesn't mean that like you lose your love for the Lord or necessarily. Yeah. Um, lamenting is a release. Correct. That's um, exactly what it is. It is being vulnerable with God. Um, yo, God, I don't really understand why. Um, so many people overseas are being slaughtered right now, right now. I don't understand why or how you could allow that to happen. People are losing family members and friends. Yeah. Um,
1: their homes, their life,
0: everything that they've ever known. Some of them being stripped away.
1: Yeah, some of these people have never left the Ukraine. And they're having to leave because Putin is bombing apartment buildings.
0: It is an atrocious story. And me and God actually had this conversation regularly here recently. God, I don't understand how you can allow this
1: to happen. Over the last 18 days, that's where we're at today. Today is day 18.
0: So, (sighs) what ends up happening in me having this conversation with God is it allows me to express to him my qualms. Yeah. Um, and he can work on me and respond back and help me get to some sort of a place where I regain my faith and trust in him. Um, that's what, that's
1: what I would say. That That's exactly what I would say why you should lament. Because it gives you... It's the same thing that they say when you get married and nobody takes this advice. And that's unfortunate because it really is great advice. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly what lament is. It's my opportunity to go, God, this is effed up, bro. Um. And I really need to let you know how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need you to try to explain yourself mm-hmm. uh, because this is not okay. Mm-hmm. And for me, growing up in a tradition where I wasn't really instructed that lament was okay. And if you are looking for your main points of lament in the scriptures, they're in the Psalms mm-hmm. and they're in Lamentations, and they are there are also laments, lament excerpts from some of the prophetic literature.
0: I would even say there's some lament happening in Ecclesiastes.
1: Hmm. There may be, be lament like things, yeah. but Ecclesiastes does not take the literature mm, form No, of no, no, it lament. doesn't.
0: But it is presenting the same sort of message.
1: It, yeah, I mean, yeah. That one that one is more yeah. That one is definitely more wisdom literature, but mm. um, I'm not I'm not trying to categorize yeah, it as yeah, something yeah, yeah. else, but there's also a ton of lament in Job. Mhm. Oh, yeah. Um oh, so yeah. Lament's all over the Bible, but um what 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 year old kid wants to read the Old Testament?
0: <laughs> Very few.
1: I mean, I'm a nerd and I wanted to be a preacher and I even struggled reading it. It's hard. Um, it's not the easiest piece of literature to read um, and really grasp what's going on and happening and how to put the picture together and piece it all together. <clears throat> um, and honestly, I'm on my third degree second graduate degree in this stuff and i feel like i'm just now putting the picture together in some kind of meaningful way that i can kill i can still keep it all intact yeah um because of that i didn't know it was okay to lament Mm -hmm. um and then I separated from my wife of seven years because she had an affair and left me for someone else and told me she didn't want to be a Christian anymore. Now, you put yourself in the shoes of a pastor and ask yourself if you needed to lament. you damn right I needed to lament. Mm-hmm. Me and God had some very, very angry conversations of which I did use curse words.
0: Um, I remember standing in your kitchen, and you talking about this period of lament that you were in, screaming and cussing, and just irate. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You needed to do that.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? Doing it with God kept me from doing it with someone else. Yeah. Um, The other thing
0: is... Oh, hold on. We used to say this all the time. We've kind of quit saying it, but... If um, God is not big enough to handle your problems...
1: Yeah, your God is whack. Your God is whack. Yeah, it's true. He
0: is big enough to take your screaming. Yeah. And to take your curse words. He is big enough to take that. And guess what? There is grace and love for you still.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, here's the way I liken it, okay? And I do this all the time. What's the main metaphor... In the New Testament, that we're given for God,
0: one of grace and love and healing well, and that's
1: more attributes. But the metaphor mean? is father, mm. parental figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a parent. You're not a parent yet. No. Uh, well, you're not a parent. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to presuppose on you that you're definitely <laughs> must become a parent. Um, I think that's. <laughs>
0: thank you for not presupposing Yeah,
1: it. I do think we have that problem in society that we are presupposing upon people that they must get married and have children oh. um, so I'm not going to do that but you're not a parent I am a parent Yes. I constantly find myself going whenever I have a question about the way in which God would respond I think about the way in which I would parent and I think I'm a good parent I don't think I'm perfect um but I think I'm a very good parent. And I look at the things that I would do if I were God or if if I'm a parent for my own children. And I know that God's going to at least do that, yeah. if not more. And so, what, what I do with that is I think about that being one of your most intimate relationships because that is your most intimate relationship until you get old enough to create Mm. that kind of relationship with a best friend or sibling. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think I'd be mad if Ezra was 10, 11 years old and... She got in the truck I was picking her up from school and she got in the truck and I said, baby girl, how was your day? And she goes, the worst day of my life. I hated it. I just want to go home because I'm so damn angry. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd be mad in that moment. You know what I think I would feel? Hurt? No. I think I would feel somehow I would feel sorrow. Sure. That she had yeah. a bad day. But right. Me as a as a parent, as a person in relationship with this little girl, I would feel overjoyed that she felt that she could be that vulnerable with me. Mm. Yeah. Do you not think that God, our parent, doesn't want the same thing from us? Yeah. A life of faith that says God, I want to be the most open and vulnerable with you that I can be. That's right. And a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. And I'm believing without ever having seen you, which you told Thomas mattered.
0: Yeah. You'd- um
1: I I don't uh, yeah, I think it's healthy. I think it's helpful. Um I think lament saved my life.
0: That I yes.
1: Yeah, I really um, think lament saved my life. And I've been in a season of it for about 10 months.
0: You know, we, we talk about um, the idea of venting and just getting things off your chest. That,
1: that's where I was going next. That, Go ahead.
0: that is why, you know, counseling and therapy is so good. It allows you a chance to air your grievances.
1: Well, and, and that.
0: And have somebody else speak into it. Um, and help you through it. And that has proven to be very helpful for your mental health. And then thus your physical health as well. Why shouldn't we be able to do that with God?
1: Well, and yeah, so here's my point and where I was going to go with that. Venting is a great contemporary word that communicates the exact same idea as lament. Mm -hmm. Only difference is most of the time we don't quote unquote vent to God. Right. Um, But we absolutely lament to Mm -hmm. our friends and those in relationships closest to us. Sure. Clayton, when you vent to someone, Mm -hmm. do you vent to just anyone or are you quite strategic? Oh, no, I'm very strategic. With who you vent to?
0: Oh, yeah. Why? Because there's a level of trust there. There's a level of trust and I feel like I can be vulnerable and they're not going to judge me.
1: So what you're telling me is that the people that you vent to are those closest relationships to you. Yeah. Why wouldn't we want that with God yeah what i i don't I don't know why that wouldn't be something that we would desire with our creator yeah i don't know why Agreed. I don't know why we wouldn't want God to be that most vulnerable and intimate relationship with us mm-hmm. um I don't, it's so strange to me that this book, this religion, all of it, there's so much of it that doesn't make sense. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: There's so much of it that I don't really know what to do with. And I think it's because people before me Decided that we needed to have answers to all these questions, mm-hmm. specifically questions that I don't think the Bible was ever trying to have. Yeah. Like, I don't think the Bible was ever trying to have some of these conversations that we're trying to make it have. Mm-hmm. And because we went through modernity and we had to have the damn right answer for everything. <laughs> we took away lament yeah. because lament asked questions we didn't have answers to. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. When we had answers, we didn't need relationship. That's right. We had our to-do list. We had our check boxes. We didn't need relationship. You had dogma. You had doctrine. Yeah. And you had you had informational the- assent mm-hmm. to knowing all the things so that you can give your quote unquote apologetic mm-hmm. to prove to someone why faith exists rather than actually being to communicate why you have a relationship with a divine creator. Mm -hmm. Which, honestly, God, the second one sounds so much better.
0: I would much rather sit down and have a conversation. Sit down like over some coffee with someone and just explain and talk about my personal relationship with Jesus and how it has been hard and it's had its ups and downs. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm better for it. Rather than sitting them down in the chair and hitting them over the head with the Bible, slamming on the table, yelling and screaming and telling them that they're a piece of crap. And if they don't get their crap together, they're going they're to hell. Be
1: kicked out of the church.
0: Yeah. I would much... Much, much, much rather just sit down and have a conversation about my experience in the relationship that I have with the divine.
1: And you know what? I want to be careful here because I, I, I really don't want to offend anyone. But my suspicion is you're a better Christian for it. Because here's the deal. When you have to have the right answer, you have to prove people you have to convince people you're right. there's no room for people that think differently than you, and if there is, it's fringe category, and you just don't associate with them. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with a friend of mine, a very conservative person um, and it was very clear we're having a conversation about the Bible and my faith and deconstruction and all of the things. And it was very clear that he was asking questions and approaching the conversation in a way that he was trying to prove to me that I was wrong. Yeah. Um, that seems to me... To be the work of a modern construct. And that modern construct is the thing that took lament away from us. Hmm. Because lament did not provide answers. Lament created questions. Which questions were the bane of the existence of a modern mindset. Because there's no great answer to the problem of evil. Which is the source of all lament. Yeah. How can a good God allow evil in the world? That is lament. And there are no great answers. And that's why all of our founding fathers and all of modern people were deists. God created this thing, set it in motion, and said to hell with it until I'm ready to come back and fix it all. Lament's been forgotten because it creates problems for a white evangelical institution um, that needed knowledge in order to control narratives. And it's just unfortunate that that's been the case because some of the most beautiful passages in all of Scripture are laments. Hmm. Some of the most beautiful psalms are psalms of lament. And part of that is because, you know what? I'll never be able to connect with the psalms about the victory, the celebration of the victory of battle. I live in a worldview where I don't think there's any victory in that. So I'll never know that. Um, but you know what I will know? I'll know the beauty of a lament psalm because I've done it. Because I've experienced suffering. Because I've seen trauma in the world. Because I know... There's bad things happening out there. And yet somehow, I know that for me, there's a divine being out there that's trying to make all of this right. And that divine being is big enough that I can go to him and say, Hey, big mama, I need some help here. Um, I'm real pissed off at you for what I see in the world. Um, and I'm real pissed off at God for what's happening in the Ukraine. Uh, Real pissed off about all kinds of evil and experiences of death in the world. And so, listener, I want to invite you in to this conversation for the next few weeks. I haven't finished outlining it yet because I don't know how much time I want to give to this. But um, hopefully, if I'm doing my job right, by the end of this, Wellhouse Church will be a people of prayer. In both good times and bad, we will always return to prayer.
0: Thanks for listening to the Practicing Presence podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.